it's the David Glenn Show. But as you know, if you've been listening this week, one of the many followers of David Glenn, David is not here. You can follow him over to England. Last year, I followed the Foo Fighters to Wrigley Field. So Darren Vaught, always spot on with the bump music when I'm here. Like I've, I have filled in for other shows. And you're like, that's, that's, I don't know that, or that's not appropriate for work. Okay. Darren is spot on with the music. Always makes me happy. Hi, Mike Maniscalco from the Carolina Hurricanes. You might know me from such pregame shows as Hurricanes Live on Fox Sports Carolinas and such podcasts as the Canecast. That is the Canescast, the 1,087th ranked sports and entertainment podcast in America. So if you want to know what my bones are, folks, right there. Thank you, Apple. Pretty good. Yeah, I used to do radio, too, a long time ago. But if you don't think that uh, things in TV and radio are the same, you're wrong. Because you just prep for eight hours a day. Just one you talk for three and the other you talk for about 37 seconds. TV's a little bit easier. (laughs) In fact, I have the producer in my ear going, you're still talking. Shut up. So it's funny. We can pull back the curtain on this show. Darren goes, you got a whole segment here. There's no interview. I'll figure this one out. I think I'll be all right. Uh, One of the things that I did want to get into uh, is how the Carolina Hurricanes, if you're a fan and you have questions about the Canes, get right to it. But there were a few things that were Needless to say, interesting this offseason. So if you've got a question about the Canes at the moment, 1-800-849-2761 is your chance to get to it. I hate to do the free-flowing, it's open, but if you've got a question for the Canes uh, or about the Canes, something you want to get answered, the only thing that I will start off directly is I don't know if and when Justin Williams is going to come back as the captain for the Carolina Hurricanes. That is the big question mark that is left out there this season for the team. That's it. Everything else, they have checked every single box. Uh, There was a question of who was going to be the goaltender. Well, they went out and they were able to bring back Peter Morazic, who was outstanding down the stretch for this team. And it wasn't a surprise that he comes back. I think it was a little bit of a surprise that there wasn't more interest around the league for the Canes netminder, but really almost every team is set with a, a number one goalie in fit. And then the Canes managed to spin Scott Darling and his contract to the Florida Panthers for James Reimer, who is a capable backup. They also picked up Anton Forsberg from Chicago, who was just awarded in arbitration a contract. And you have Alex Nedeljkovic sitting in, in Charlotte. So anybody in the Charlotte area who's been listening, all he does is win. He's one of those players that you take a look at and say, all right, what happens with this guy? Well, he doesn't have this pedigree. Well, he wins. And at some point, I don't care how pretty you play a position in pro sports. Like, there's a lot of aesthetics that we, like, try to fall in love with. Just win. I don't want to go all Al Davis and the old Raiders for you. But just win. I, I don't care how you figure it out, but figure it out. And last year, that's what the Carolina Hurricanes were able to do. The funniest thing about how the Canes season went, and people didn't believe this, but if you watch it and you watch it closely, the head coach, Rod Brindamore, said they played some of their best hockey in October and November, and they weren't getting the results. There was a dip in December, but – They never came off of the message. And it's hard because they played games where they looked really good, but they didn't win. And then 
the head coach and the one thing that is wonderful about covering the Carolina Hurricanes this past season is the honesty you got out of Rod Brindamore. That's just who he is. He is one of the best people you will ever meet, and he is honest, and some would say in the coaching profession, honest to a fault. But he would actually tell us after a game, hey, you know, this guy did this, or the team looked, he goes, we weren't that good tonight, but we found a way to win. He goes, and that's what good teams do. You find ways to win. So that's a question for the goaltending. And then, of course, the Don Waddell situation that if you're around the organization, you knew that he hadn't been given a contract after June 30th to July 1st, and that's when his contract expired. But he was still working for the team. Tom Dundon has basically said Don Waddell has a lifetime contract with the Carolina Hurricanes or has lifetime employment with the team because of what he does wearing the two hats as president of the organization. That means dealing with the business side and, of course, the general manager side right now. But Tom Dundon is a guy who doesn't believe in contracts. He says it quite openly. He doesn't understand why everybody goes, every business I've had, I don't deal with them. And he's trying to bring his business to the NHL. And sometimes you get a little bit of that resistance, the back and forth. So for people who are looking for some clarity to that, that's why. But Tom Dundon is a guy who says, well, if some other team has a job that's open and you want to talk to him about it, and if you think that's the right fit, I won't stop you from doing that. And that's why we found out that Don Waddell talked to the Minnesota Wild because the Minnesota Wild wanted to talk to him. They knew that he wasn't under contract, and it's foolish. It's one of those things. It's foolish. Why wouldn't you talk to them if you're Don Waddell? And now people are saying it's foolish. Why wouldn't the Hurricanes just why, if you're Tom Dundon, let this situation be out there and it turns into, you know, not a mountain, but a Mount Fuji-sized mountain. Like, this is something that is noticeable because he understands the situation, how he runs his business. That's where we're at. So if you've got questions about the Canes, a couple ones, I will try to answer them the best I can for you here on Canes Day. By the way, there's a hashtag for this too, Vought. You guys went all out for me. We got 47 interns. I'm sure one of them could come up with this. Unbelievable. It's like I walked in, it was like the Mickey Mouse Club. Dated reference, I know. Because now people are immediately thinking it's like the Timberlake, you know, Brittany Christina one. There was one even before that with more. <laughs> I wasn't alive for that one. Just putting it out there. Thanks for the laugh, too. Right on. Uh, hashtag Kane's Day DG. I won't look. I, I too many hashtags in my. I'll pass along any questions. Thank you. Thank yeah, you, Darren. Happy, I appreciate Happy it. to do that. Thank you. DV in, as always, for DG, who's over in GB. It's Great Britain, right? He's over in England. You're right. Thank you. All right. Let's get to the phones at 1-800-849-2761. No question is too big or too small. I'll do my best to answer them for you. Tobin is in Chapel Hill, and Tobin is now on the David Glenn Show. What's going on, Tobin? Hey, is this the big rig? Yes, it is. You know what? I'm a huge John and Trip guy, and you are just the perfect compliment. I just like watching you on TV. You just, you just scream hockey guy. Oh, great. thank you. I've been, I've been, I raised my kids watching the Canes, and my daughter and I are just, we just love the big rig. Appreciate it. I, I got a couple of questions because last season was obviously so great and such a great relief. But uh, two, two things. Okay, so McElhaney walks. Yep. And he was a super important part of what we did. I think our platoon goaltending is a lot of the reason we got 99 points, especially when you look at our highest goal score, it barely cracked 30 goals, right? Obviously, our blue line and the goaltending had a whole lot to do with it, and we all know the goaltending always has a lot to do with it. Also, McElhaney kind of lived out the whole, the whole quiet Rod Brindamore, Justin Williams leadership thing. He just, he just, he just was matter-of-fact. And he delivered. I don't remember him having a bad game last season. I mean, it was it, it was it was really great to see. And, but we all know he's not Martin Brodeur. 
And I, I think that keeping Morozik as a starter is great. Who do we got in backup this year? Are we looking at getting that kind of quality wins at quality times that McElhaney gave us? Well, there are a couple options. Yeah, there, Tobin, that's a, a that's the number one question that everybody has. Like, how do you complement the one-two punch that the Canes had last year? And, and the funny thing is, for people in the state of North Carolina, I could compare the goaltending situation to all the way back to NC State's great backcourt of – Corciani and Monroe it was it was fire and ice you have Peter Mrazek who was really fiery and emotional and Curtis McElhaney you know he's the guy that you got to put the mirror under his nose to make sure that you know Curtis you got to play tonight and they they actually fed off of each other and they were so great and uh, goaltending coach Mike Bells had a lot to do with that as well who uh he left uh, the Canes are still looking for a goaltending coach, but Mike Bell's had a lot to do with that success. But the Canes, I think, are going to be fine. They have James Reimer under contract right now, who that's a name that most people associate with, and you're thinking, oh, he hasn't had a lot of success in this league, or he hasn't done this. James Reimer is, to me, Curtis McElhaney. He could be Curtis McElhaney 2.0 because you look at his numbers, they're really good. They're, they're better than what you would think for a guy who's been – trying to have the reins as a number one goaltender in a few spots, Tobin, and hasn't come into play. Uh, so he's fine. Anton Forsberg has had a couple of cups of coffee. He was just awarded a one-way NHL contract in arbitration at about $700,000. So, you know, it's it's not a money breaker for the Canes if they want to carry him or not, but he's had a cup of coffee or two with Columbus and Chicago. People were expecting him to, you know, be bigger things. And then you've got Alex Nedeljkovic, down with the Charlotte Checkers, who he was just the best goaltender in the minor leagues last year. So they have options there. And I'm not too worried about it because I think that the team knows what they have in Peter Morazic, and they have at least two really trusting options, their own homegrown option in Alex Nedeljkovic and James Reimer for guys who can play between 30 and 40 games if they want to do that one-two punch or that split again the way that they did last year. I think it's really hard for a team to come near 100 points without one dominant goaltender. So I really liked what I saw, and I think we might need to do that again. No, I, You know what? It's funny, and Tobin, thanks for the call. we got to run. we got a, a guest coming up in uh, just a few minutes. But it's one of those things where, remember, you always had to have the dominant running back. I like to do equations for sports for people who are not big hockey fans. The, the NFL used to be you had to have the stud running back, had to have him. And then all of a sudden, this running back by committee started popping up everywhere. Goaltending, it, it used to be, you have to have Marty Brodeur, Arter survey. You got to have a guy who's going to play 65 games. Well, now you, you want two good guys because goalies are going to get hurt and you're going to lean on a guy for a couple of weeks and you're going to then lean on the other guy for a couple of weeks. Uh, so the Canes last year, I think, did it better than anybody else, the one-two punch. They had a, it was truly a 1A and a 1B situation. And I think you're going to see a lot of other teams – kind of go to it. where you need the stud is in the playoffs. That's when you turn to, all right, this is our guy. Very few teams have won the Stanley Cup with any kind of rotation to speak of. But during the season, I think you're going to start seeing less and less of goalies playing 65 games. You're going to see more of a, a split somewhere along the line of like 50-32. Like that they're going to look for that happy balance. That's if you have a stud goaltender, like what Tobin said. Good call. Coming up, this guy has covered the NHL and he's covered it. As a matter of fact, 31 teams in 31 days. He did 31 rinks. Rob Simpson, national NHL writer, is going to join us. We're going to get a look at what the NHL has done this offseason here on the David Glenn Show.
It is the David Glenn Show. However, David is living the life that Rob Simpson lives, globe-trotting everywhere, doing what he needs to do. And uh, considering David has 300 interns on this show, he does no heavy lifting. So that'll be appropriate for Rob Simpson as well. He is NHL writer and international man of leisure. I don't care what anybody says. Rob Simpson joining us here on the David Glenn Show. Mike Maniscalco in for DG. And Rob, thanks for taking the time for joining us. How are you today? Thank you very much, Mike. I love that description. I feel I feel very special. Well, that's what I do for. I, I feel special because I wanted to uh, make sure on Twitter you were promoting this, and uh, you did by putting my picture on top of your Twitter page. So I feel oh, yeah. yeah, blessed I about have, that. I, I haven't tweeted today, so at all. Sorry about that. <laughs> in the, I'm in the vehicle. I'm driving through a torrential downpour right now, so it's, it's, I'm with my son, and we're cruising around. And uh, I haven't been really tweet conscious today. Well, don't worry about it. We are now going to lift up the profile of your Twitter account, Simmerpuck, by at least two to three people before this day <laughs> is over. Uh, and by the way, the author of No Heavy Lifting, uh, what a sports writer uh, goes through. But, Rob, we're here to talk a little bit about the NHL and the perspective of, of this offseason. And from your perspective, something that we hadn't seen since 2013, an offer sheet in the NHL for restricted free agents was given out. Montreal gave that to the Carolina Hurricanes, Sebastian Ajo. So my first question yep. to you is, one, why did it take six years for the NHL to do this? And then two, why did Montreal target Ajo from an NHL hockey perspective? Well, they, I think they figured they might have a little bit of leverage there. They thought maybe Carolina, from the sounds of it, uh, maybe would be vulnerable to it just because of the, the, the money issues. Um, which was probably an erroneous thought. I actually, at the time, when we were still doing our show, we were in season, obviously, or end of season, getting into uh, trades and free agency. Um, I thought Montreal did Carolina a favor. I thought it was a pretty reasonable amount. I thought it was a, an offer that was very doable for Carolina, and I, my, on, my thought on that hasn't really changed. I mean, I really haven't had to talk about a whole lot since then, but at the time, I thought Montreal did the Carolina Hurricanes a favor in terms of the term and the money. So it worked out well that way, and they get their they get their you know favorite scorer, most talented dangler uh, under contract for a while. Um, I, I think it's just it's not taboo um, in terms of the offer sheet, yep. but it does take a lot for it to happen, and teams are very cautious. Uh, but I, they just saw a situation they thought they might be able to pull it off. Well, Rob, the other side of this, if we look at the season that was, how odd was this past year? You had the Stanley Cup champions in dead last in the NHL on January 4th, and they come all the way yep. back to win the thing. How odd was this past season for you? And you saw the best team in the regular season get knocked out in four games by a team that had never won a playoff series before. The craziest thing was just the Eastern Conference in general, the fact that the door was kicked open with Pittsburgh – Tampa being knocked out, Washington being knocked out. That allowed the Boston Bruins to the tied with 107 points, second best point total in the regular season with Calgary, kind of cruise through. And obviously, it also opened the door for the Carolina Hurricanes in a situation where they, maybe they don't make it that far otherwise. I mean, uh, but they did a hell of a job. Uh, I, I, you know, it was just weird how the, the dominoes fell and the Boston Bruins found themselves in a situation they were one game away from the Stanley Cup championship. Yep. Um, that, that was pretty wild. But, yeah, the Blues, 
the blues from last to first was incredible. Uh, the other thing, too, uh, how much did the NHL old guard kind of show themselves with how people didn't want to have fun and enjoy what the Hurricanes were doing down here? I know that you you are a, a bit of a non-traditional thinker. What was wrong with that? And did you like maybe the, the flashlight was shown on uh, some of the dinosaurs about we can't have fun in this league? It's all about hockey, hockey, hockey. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of. I'm a dinosaur in that I used to, I like the kind of the physical play. I like the yep. intimidation factor. I didn't mind the, the, the odd fight. Um, I've always been kind of a traditionalist that way. But I, you're right. I am non-traditional. That I am I am open-minded and uh, open-minded to the kind of the new ideas that can fit in with it. And obviously, it took it was a little harder for some to adjust to the uh, to the celebrations of the Carolina Hurricanes. I didn't have a problem at all. I thought it was fantastic. Like. Uh, the Vander Holyfield and, and the fishing, like oh, I can. We actually, I think, at one point on our show had a list. The national show, we had a list of our, you know, our top five favorite, um, <laughs> our top five surge moments or Carolina post game moments. And I think Holyfield ended up Martin to the knockout ended up being our favorite. But I mean, he had a great list to choose from. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with that at all. I, I, it's more the brand of hockey and. and uh, yep. The physical nature that's gone out of it that funds me more so than cool marketing ideas. I don't have a problem with that stuff at all. Yeah, and I'm the same way because if you've ever been in a hockey rink, and by the way, Rob Simpson, our guest here on the David Glenn Show, went to 31 in 31 days. Think about that, folks. Uh, I get tired just thinking about what I'm going to do for the month. This man traveled to 31 different cities on 31 days. So that being put out there, what was the challenge of your 31 and 31? I know early on, wasn't there a, maybe a weather problem? You weren't sure you were going to be able to get that done last year? Yeah, there was, it was November 16th through December 16th. And if you count both those days, it ends up being 31 days. Uh, on the fourth day, I had a flight cancellation. And that was Vancouver to San Jose. And I was thinking at the time, you are such a knob. I go, like, imagine blowing this thing on the fourth day. You're going to be, like, the biggest dope in the history of mankind. But fortunately, I was able to rearrange it, and I got a more direct, quicker flight, as it turns out, with, you know, having show up at the airport, really, really scared with, about the concept of blowing it. And then after that, I, I, I really had no weather issues whatsoever. It was extra tight, though, because... I didn't just get to wake up in the morning and fly whatever I wanted. Yeah. I had to do my radio show first and then fit the flight in between that show and that evening's game in the next city. Um, and I only had to miss a show and a half. I had to skip one show because of one travel connection. But otherwise, I got very, very fortunate. That's the thing. It's just you, re you really have to be lucky. And if I, I had planned it you know, as well as I possibly could. And by the way, I had a great time in Carolina. You guys were fantastic. It was fun doing TV with you. And the, I think we ended up going to a shootout against the Capitals. Yep. So it was just a great night all the way around. The crowd was great that night. And I think we uh, you know, started to kind of get the feeling as if the uh, potential for the Canes that un eventually unfolded might unfold. It just kind of really picked up a vibe that night, even though it was relatively early in the season. Rob, last thing for you, and I really appreciate the time, and I do not want to keep you from, uh, A, your eyes on the road, and B, uh, your, your son's attention here. But uh, is there any reason to believe that the Hurricanes won't be able to continue from the momentum they built last year moving forward? Do you look at the division, the Metro seems to be a bit of a beast, or are you looking at the Canes have kind of put themselves in good position for a while now? Well, they're in good position, but I'm, I'm concerned, and if I'm completely honest with you, I think they've, 
they might drop out. And that is not so much because of what, what's going on there, because they, they've added a couple of pieces. I just think it is so competitive. And I think that the, well, first of all, the Florida Panthers, uh, last year I called them the no-excuse damn-it team, <laughs> and, they, and they didn't make it. My other no-excuse damn-it team, by the way, was the St. Louis Blues. They won the Stanley Cup. Eastern Conference was Florida. They have done so much. Yep. And then the Joel Klengel factor, I put them in. I mean, they have to be in. Yeah. Um, Rangers improved dramatically. Yep. Um, I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be super duper close. Devils have improved as well. Um, so I, I think it's gotten thicker and harder for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, do they have enough to to hop back into that slot? I don't know. I mean, I, I really think this year will be harder than last year based on the landscape. Yeah, and of course, they're not going to be sneaking up on anybody. Not that they were by the end of the year, but during the year, maybe a lot of backup yep. goaltenders. And hey, there's nothing wrong with beating those guys. But I do know this. If you've got a long trip planned, pick up the book, No Heavy Lifting, Globetrotting Adventures of a Sports Media Guy from Rob Simpson, NHL writer, and uh, just an all-around good guy. Rob, thanks for the time. Mike, thank you very much. Appreciate it. You got it, partner. That is Rob Simpson, uh, and the book is really good. Well worth reading, folks, if you're out there. Uh, the book is out on Jacob Slavin, and the book is he is one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. But where can his game go, and what has this offseason been like for the Canes defender? Well, he's been teaching a lot. We'll explain that here on The David Glenn Show. It's the David Glenn Show, and it's Carolina Hurricanes Day here on the DG Show. Mike Maniscalco in for David. And joining us now, one of the top defensemen in the National Hockey League. And he's hearing that billing an awful lot because it's the truth. Jacob Slavin joining us. Jacob, first, thanks so much for joining us here today. And uh, if I may, congratulations on officially becoming a dad. I know you've been a dad for a while, but now that it's official, it's got to feel amazing for you and, and your, your wife to have the family and, and just get ready to enjoy the rest of the summer. Yeah, thank you for having me. And, um, no, it's definitely nice that everything's going well and um, I don't have to have any more worries about that. And so, no, it's been, it's been a really happy past couple of days. All right. The, uh, I know the advice your head coach, Rod Brindamore, gave you was, you know, stay at the rink so you can get some sleep. But uh, are you okay in that department? Is, is the little one making it through the night where you can get some sleep? Uh, yeah, she's, I mean, she couldn't be doing better. She's uh, hitting a little bit of a regression here. And I think that she was just better on the three, four months And so um, she's going downhill just a little bit. But for a while there, she was sleeping seven to ten hours a night. And um, I think she's starting to get back to that. So. Um, that's uh, obviously my wife's been doing a wonderful job of taking out the heavy load in, in that department, and so I, I get to sleep pretty well. So I'll try to help out in the <laughs> summertime. <laughs> well, that's you. You just read the play and know when you need to step in, right? Exactly, <laughs> Jacob. Uh, to that end, let's go back to the year that was for the Carolina Hurricanes, and and for you as a as a player, the goal is, you know, to try to win the whole thing, but. How much fun or how different was this season for you and the team compared to your first three, four seasons in the league? Oh, it was a blast. Um, obviously, just some. This is obviously, that made it a lot of fun, but then just winning games, um, getting the Kings back to the playoffs. Uh, that's going on the postseason. And so. Um, just being able to have that run was a lot of fun, and obviously we got a great group of guys. Um, and I think we added some great off 
was, it was so much fun this season, to, and obviously the playoffs and the blast game too was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can make that uh, regular season and regular season too. Yeah, well, last year I know the off season involved a lot of you working with Bill Berniston, the strength and conditioning coach. Uh, you make your home here in Raleigh year-round. Uh, how happy or uh, how can I put it to to the right way, how much do you avoid, Billy, this off season, seeing you kind of know what you've got to do and, and try to get it down pat? Uh, yeah, Billy. No, I love Billy. Billy's a, he's a special guy, and obviously he loves his job. And so it's actually so it's, he, he has a little bit different demeanor when it's just one-on-one, uh, me and him during the summertime. And so a little more laid back, I think, during the season. Uh He's a little more intense, but no, he's he's actually a lot of fun to be around. And so, I've been with him again this summer, and just can't seem to get rid of him. <laughs> Jacob, I know the uh, the accolades and all that. It, it doesn't mean much to you, if, if anything. But the the report is out that you are now, when you start seeing the shows, the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. Your name starts coming up on those lists. What is that? I mean, is there is there any kind of feeling that gives you that you're being talked about in those circles as? the best in the league or, or in that in that club with the best defenseman in the league now? Yeah, I mean, I think I think anyone doesn't mind hearing their name in that, but obviously, um, you know where I stand at this. Uh, I'm not out there looking for that or searching yep. for that kind of approval, but just out there to glorify God. And so um, he, he's definitely put me in that position and, and that, in that spotlight now, I guess, to do so even more. Well, with so, uh, want to be able to do with that. As I was going to say, with that, you run two hockey camps, one here in Raleigh and one in uh, Colorado with Hockey Ministries and, you know, teaching, you know, kids more than just the game, but some of that. How much fun is it for you to see those kids be a part of that? And then I know there's a bigger moment uh, of being around kids that you're trying to teach the game to and and the other part of it because of how much your faith and your religion is in your life to see those kids be so enthusiastic about the words and the message that you're trying to get across to them on sports and how to live their life. Yeah, it's, it's one of the, those are some of the two best weeks of the summertime. Obviously, the one here in Raleigh is great. Um, and the one in Colorado is a lot of fun. Um, it's just my whole family pretty much on staff and either a counselor or participating in the camp with my two younger brothers. And so, um, no, they're both, both weeks are just so much fun. And obviously, the hockey is, is a lot of fun teaching them game, being able to be on the ice with them, watching them have fun and challenging themselves. But then, obviously, um, the chapel time and the more important part of the week is just teaching them about what Jesus has done for them. And um, that's been the best part about those weeks to just see the, the lives that have been changed through that camp. Well, it's been a little bit more compact summer for you. Can you get used to this, like playing hockey all the way through May and June and having a shorter summer? It's definitely different. Um, it's definitely different. Typically, I still have another six weeks before I'm on the ice. And so, um, I know it's, it's it's fun though. It's uh, it's so I'm so really excited to see them get going again. I think my wife she wants the best of both worlds there, to where she has way more summertime and then a little bit. Uh, um, I don't think she's ready for hockey to start back up. I think she's excited for the season, but she just wants to be home a little bit longer, help out with the baby some more. And uh, one last thing for you, Jacob, and it goes back to the team. You know, there was the coaching change last year, and a bunch of new players came in. But if I asked you the influence that Rod Brindamore had on the team, is, can you sum it up? Can you put it into words what Rod meant to the team as taking over the head coaching mantle for the Hurricanes? Yeah, I don't know if uh, really anyone can put it exactly into words. But, um, no, it was unbelievable. Obviously, I think our, our, de- 
demeanor of the team, our character, our, our drive as a team, I think, started from him. Um, that's the way he played the game, and that's the way he coaches the game now, too. Um, and so we were just, I think, it's, he's a very easy man to respect, but he it's someone who you want to respect and want to want to go to battle for. And so um, he cares just uh, he cares for everything we got in that locker room, just as the next guy. And so um, it's it's awesome to be able to play for a coach like that. Jacob, thank you as always for the time. Uh, I will talk to you for media day because I have to. I'm, I'm bound by my contract <laughs> to do that. But then you won't have to have a question from me, let's just say, until October 2nd. Sounds good to me. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, thanks. Jacob, congratulations on, uh, on officially becoming a dad and, uh, of course, everything else that's come with it. Always appreciate the time. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Have a good one. There's Jacob Slavin, and uh, he is – earned all of those accolades to be in that position of one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. And it's funny because we just had Rob Simpson on, who's covered the league for a long time, and he explained how the physicality of the league isn't there anymore. And, you know, the fighting's not there. The NHL is – they've been outlawing it without outlawing it. They've been trying to get rid of it without having a full active campaign of saying that we're just going to eliminate fighting. And, you know, it used to be if you went to a game in the 80s or 90s, there was a, a fight every game. Every game, you could count on it. And now that doesn't happen. And, you know, the, for me, I'm a little bit uh, a little bit country and I'm a little bit rock and roll when it comes to these things because there's a reason why uh, I think it should be part of the game. But at the same time, what it was and what it used to be, that was you don't need the staged fights. You don't need goons. You don't need that to be part of the game. But it is a game where... It gets physical. And the amazing part of the game, if you watch how it's changed and how fast it is, Jacob Slavin is not going to be confused with being Scott Stevens. I know, I know that's a name that's reviled, and it should be in North Carolina for uh, how Scott Stevens played hockey, but he was a heck of a hockey player. And it was a different time where you could deliver hits that could end careers, and you'd get maybe a slap on the wrist, if that. Uh, the way that Jacob, though, plays the position, and he and if you're going to team him up with Brett Pesci or when he's got Dougie Hamilton, the offensive blue liner that the Canes acquired last year, he knows his job is to shut down the other guys. And he is a modern-day version of that without being physical, without being the, the heavy hitter. I've never seen a player as gifted athletically to play defense the way that Jacob Slavin does. From the hand-eye coordination to how he uses his size, his reach, you know, his hockey stick. He, it's, he uses all of that to just create enough to get into an opponent, knock him away, and do a great job. And he loves the game. But, again, he's a player where the game is not the most important thing to him. And for some folks, it's hard to wrap your head around that. And for him, it works, and it's perfect. And he deserves to be talked about in those circles with, like, a Drew Doughty in L.A. for you, you – diehard hockey fans who are out there right now for who are the best defensemen when it comes to playing in their end he's up there and he and Brett Pesci now Brett Pesci is kind of flying under the radar you know he started to get the the stock rising this year but those two guys for a few years we watched them we knew but if a team doesn't win eh, well yeah it's nice but you know they were plus players on a team that was a minus as a whole that's amazing sorry I went a little in depth on the uh, on the roster and the stats there. I don't mean to do the analytics game for everybody here, but these were two guys who you started to see it build and build, 
And then that's why I asked him about Rod Brandmore. Can you sum up what he meant? And it's hard. It's hard for the team to do it. But the thing was, he never came off of the message. And that was the biggest key. Speaking of, we'll talk a little bit about coaching. We'll talk about some changes that leagues have been making. The NBA with their commissioner, surprise, surprise, are ahead of the curve on something that I think is long overdue that needs to be part of sports. We'll talk about that. And, yes, it is Carolina Hurricanes Day here on the DG Show on the Cavalcade of Stars. I feel like this is the Lou Rawls Parade of Stars, and I just, like, come in to, you know, fill in, like, the, the little bit of hours in between. And here I come back and coming up next. Uh, by the way, we'll talk with John Forslund at the top of – the two o'clock hour. You are going to want to be here for that because if there's a better radio interview than John Forsland, I will I will go back to the 1980s and fight you over that like NHL hockey players used to. Uh, it's the David Glenn Show. Mike Maniscalco filling in for DG. I believe he right now is trying to get into an argument where uh, just I, I put a he doesn't need to know this, but I put a British spy on him. And uh, <laughs> do, does Britain even have spies? Is there like a famous spy from England? Do I need, am I missing the boat on that one? Anyway, he's uh, trying to sit in Winston Churchill's uh, chair and smoke a cigar. And evidently the Brits not too happy about that. We'll get on that one a little bit later. Coming up, uh, we'll find out how to be proactive if you're a league. If you've got a question about the Carolina Hurricanes in the upcoming season, uh, kind of keep it an open forum for you. Uh, we'll get your calls on that. I'll give you the phone number to call, and you can dial it in the break and wait on hold and hear happy songs or whatever Darren Vaught wants to say to you at 1-800-849-2761. And we got a few other things to cover here. It's a busy Thursday. Who knew on the David Glenn Show? It's the David Glenn Show statewide and now worldwide. It's David Glenn. Do you think he took the tube anywhere? David's in England. Am I the fill-in host who's most fascinated with what David does when he's not here? No. Well, uh, you might be tied. Okay. We have others who, who I don't know, they, they kind of stay on it for, yeah. for the entire three hours. No, I don't want to be... I don't want to be creepy about it, and I don't want to beat the uh, <laughs> the English racehorse to death on that one. But I will bring up the fact that, you know, again, David, do you think that he has actually said to anybody over there when he finds out what they do, well, I'm a barrister too. <laughs> no, you're not. You're a lawyer, David. Uh, Mike Maniscalco in for David Glenn. Uh, DG, if you're listening, mm. well, what, it's five hours have we determined? I think it's five hours. All right. Uh, so he's like, it's like dinner-ish. All right. So enjoy your fish and chips and mushy peas. Have a <laughs> pint for me. I, uh, it's, I can't do the British accent the way that I want to. I'm not, uh, not I'm out of practice for doing it. So, <laughs> But a few things that we can get into because it's a sports show. Why are you talking about food and fish? Talk sports. So with the sports that we'll get into, uh, yes, it is the Carolina Hurricanes Day. And if you've been following it here on the David Glenn Show, I do work for the Carolina Hurricanes. Hi, full disclosure. I always feel that I have to say full disclosure, I work for the hockey team because a lot of people, the Hurricanes are broadcast on Fox Sports Carolinas, assume that I work for Fox and I don't. I work for the hockey club. So when I get some access to the players in the team, we hope you enjoy that. And we're trying to bring that here statewide for you on Carolina Hurricanes Day. But there are a few other sports stories to get into. But one that I don't know if it's going to get the attention that it deserves. Uh, I'm sure it'll get the five minutes of it 
and then the treatment will move on. But it's what the NBA has put into place, requiring teams to have psychiatrists on staff and people to identify mental health situations for players. Now, I think a lot of people will be shocked to know that there are a lot of teams that do employ a team psychiatrist. Uh, doesn't mean that they are around full-time, and I think that's where the NBA is taking the steps. These are going to be full-time employees around the, the teams in the clubs, and that's where it becomes a big deal, not a oh-ho-hum thing. We keep talking about mental health in the United States, and I'm not going to go off on a political rant here today, and that's not the time, but this is something where these leagues want to say that they're doing the right things and that they want to come up with initiatives to help. This one does that. And it sets up new expectations for what the organization, for what the league, for what the people around it need to do. And uh, this, to me, comes as absolutely no surprise at all because this is something that should be and needs to be addressed and and hopefully in, in more everyday businesses that are out there, in jobs, in organizations where... You had enough people, enough influencers in the NBA. We're talking what Kevin Love and I think DeMar DeRozan were really the driving forces behind it, behind getting this. And then they get all of these players speaking out against it. And then you get Adam Silver saying that, you know, we need to do something more. And, you know, I, you don't have to like the NBA. I'm not as big an NBA fan as I used to be, but it's it's not – because I don't like the game or the, the this and that. I just don't have time to watch it the way that I used to. So, and no offense, I love dynasties, but there was something about the Golden State Warriors that just irked me. I, I don't know why. That's the team that everybody should love, and for some reason they gave us reasons not to. But when it comes to being progressive as their sport, marketing, from marketing to player safety and health, the NBA has been leaps and bounds in front of Major League Baseball, the National Football League, and the NHL. So, again, uh, it's, it's a hockey day here, so a stick tap to Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, who continues to be progressive and do the right things. And, and I'd like to see this continue. And, again, I know that some leagues are going to say, you know, we've had team psychiatrists and psychologists on call, and, and they do, but this is really pushing it to where the players really need it. And it's, for me – a really good improvement that maybe this is going to get five minutes of a headline and it's going to get five minutes here on the David Glenn show today. So I, I kind of feel that I'm not trying to pander to this, but this is one where if you can start talking about it and let it be a, this isn't something to be ashamed of. This isn't something to be, you know, talked about in quiet corners. It needs to be talked about. And I can also bring the reference in the national hockey league that, Robin Leonard, who won the Vesna Trophy. This was a guy who went through hell and back in his life uh, as far as being someone who became an alcoholic and basically a schizophrenic with, you know, his his behavior and his patterns and how it got there. And he it was shamed. He didn't want to say it. Well, now he said it. He got it out in the open, goes to the Islanders after, you know, he never let his teammates, he played in Buffalo, never let his teammates know about it until afterwards. And because he was afraid, how are they going to look at me if I say that I have these problems? And then the Islanders said, don't worry about it. We're going to take care of it. And what does this guy do with the proper support and the systems around him? 
Because it has one of the best seasons that a goaltender's put up in, in some time. So, again, it, it's something where let's get a little bit more out there and the NBA being progressive for it, good for them. And, you know, for people in Charlotte with what the Hornets are going to do and embrace, that's you need to, you need players to talk about it and, and to come out and say, you know, look, this is how it works. This is what we do, and we need some help. And there's no shame in that. So uh, good on Adam Silver, good on the NBA for uh, for pushing this. And maybe this pushes a couple other leagues down that road to give help to guys who generally, when we think of sports, you know, it's macho time. You know, don't show pain. You know, scars are cool, and nobody talks about their feelings. And I'm not trying to do let's have a gigantic uh, by the world of Coke and sing Kumbaya moment, but you need to let people know, hey, it's okay. You know, if you're feeling something and it's not right, it's okay to let us know about it. So just to put that out there. So good good on the NBA uh, for doing that. And hopefully a couple of more leagues will take you, and we'll see how progressive it will be. Speaking of progression, took a long time, but the Carolina Hurricanes got back into the NHL postseason. John Forzen was there to call it, and John Forzen's going to look back and then take us to the future with the Carolina Hurricanes. Talk about the offseason in a few moments that I think everybody will be excited about. I'm excited about it. John Forzen, your play-by-play play voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, joins us next on the David Glenn Show.